Well, thank you, Evan and Kathy, for reading. Great passage. And hello, everyone else. Uh, great to be here with you. My name is David, uh, one of the ministers here at church. And hello to you as well, if you're watching on the live stream or if you're down in the blue room, uh, hello. Now, uh, we're back in Hebrews this week. So grab your Bibles. If you've got a Bible, open it to chapter 7. We'll be looking at that today. And, and we've really, we've come to the heart of the letter, really. Uh, so chapters 7 to 10, uh, we're going to look at this week and next week. Uh, it's a really important part of Hebrews. Uh, you remember last time in chapter 6, we were, we were looking at that warning to the people about being lazy. Uh, they were no longer trying to understand and grow in Christ. Um, this is what he wants them to understand. Okay, this is the solid food he was talking about uh, that gives growth. Right? This is meat for the Christian uh, in this part of the Bible. And, and look, because it's meaty, uh, some people think that means it's hard to understand. And, and you know, there are some things that are hard to understand, I'm sure. There, there are some things that are unfamiliar to us, like Melchizedek, like priests, like tithes, like that kind of stuff. Um, and, and just a side note, that, that's why understanding the Old Testament is so important, so helpful, because these are all Old Testament ideas. Um, but look, even for us, if you read it today, when you break it down, I think it's quite simple. Uh, so I'll let you be the judge of that. You can tell me later if, if that's true or not. Uh, but I think it's quite simple because uh, chapter 7 to 10 has two main subjects. Okay, Jesus, our high priest, and his perfect sacrifice. Uh, they're the two subjects. And it has one main point, and that is that Jesus is a better hope, so hold firmly to him. And so to expand on that a bit, it's really about you know, who Jesus is, our high priest, and what he has done. He has sacrificed himself. Right, and that is enough to guarantee our relationship with God for eternity. Right, so hold firmly to him. He is your hope. He is your confidence of that certain future. Now, holding firmly to Jesus as, as, your, as your only hope means letting go of other things we might hope in. Now, for the Jews uh, who had lived under the Old Testament law, that was immediately relevant, right? Because they had to go from the old ways of temples and priests and sacrifice uh, for the new way, believing and following Jesus, right? All those things that they used to rely upon for their relationship with God, uh, they were gone because Jesus had replaced them all. But what about us? Uh, we do not live and have never lived under the Old Testament law. Uh, how is this relevant to us? Well, each and every one of us needs a relationship with God. That is what we were made for. Uh, but where are we looking for confidence in that relationship with God? Where is our hope? I've got a few things here that we might, places we might look for that confidence. Uh, we might look for confidence in the things that we do. You know, because we said a prayer one time, or because we were baptised, or because we go to church, or we even give to church. Or we might look for confidence in our own reason, uh, thinking, you know, I'm a pretty good person and good people go to heaven. Or, you know, I know I'm not perfect, but God knows my heart. Or we might look for confidence in our experiences, like times when we want to feel close to God, maybe when we're singing or, or taking Lord's Supper, or some people who speak in tongues, 
might be looking for that experience that, that gives them confidence uh, that God is there and that God is real. Or we might look for confidence in a person, right? someone else who connects us to God. Uh, maybe our parents, if they were Christians. Uh, maybe a, a minister or just a spiritual leader uh, that we think they're connected to God uh, and maybe if I come to them, maybe I can get some hookups with God through them. Now listen, these are not all bad things, but it's wrong if we hope in them for a relationship with God. Uh, it's wrong if we base our confidence for a relationship with God in any of these things. So the point of Hebrews is uh, let go of every other hope uh, and hold firmly to Jesus, your only hope for relationship with God. And so this week and next week, are going to help us to do that. They're going to give us confidence in the Lord Jesus and his sacrifice. Uh, so, but this week is Jesus, our great high priest. And what we're going to see is the author is showing us that, that Christ's priesthood is a better hope than the Levitical priesthood. So as he turns them away from that to Christ, he is going to be turning us away from our other hopes to hope in Christ as well. So firstly, we're going to look at it in two parts here. Firstly, the insufficient Levitical priesthood uh, in uh, verses 1 to 12. So if you've got your Bibles, have them there so you can have a look down. Uh, now, just to begin with, uh, this is how the Levitical priesthood came about. Um, you know, God created us for relationship with him, but our sin has broken that relationship. And so to fix the relationship, uh, God gave uh, this system, this sacrificial system. So through Moses... Uh, God gave Israel the law, uh, which had the, the temple, uh, had the sacrificial system with priests, and Aaron and his sons from the tribe of Levi, they were the first priests, and they formed the Levitical priesthood. And now, what is a priest? Well, a priest is like a bridge builder. Uh, they bridged the gap between God and men that had been caused by sin. They were the ones who were in the temple doing the sacrifices uh, for sin that mended that relationship with God so the worshipper could draw near to God in peace. Right? That was the, the theory of the system. Uh, but the reality was that the bridge was always being broken because of sin and so it had to keep getting fixed continually. They were just like on this treadmill of, of sin and sacrifice and sin and sacrifice and so what it really pointed them to in the end was the need for a better priesthood right, and a better sacrifice, like one that would, would last, right? that would build a bridge uh, that would never be broken. All right, and that's the point. As we, as we come into the Hebrews chapter 7 and we see in verse 11, uh, we see that point being made. It says there, If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come? One in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. So in other words, uh, if that priesthood were perfect, we wouldn't need a new one. Uh, but a new one was promised, and not from Aaron, but in the order of Melchizedek. Right? This priest uh, would do what the Levitical priesthood could not do. Uh, the priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now, uh, you're all asking, who is Melchizedek, right? Um, let's have a look at that. 
Uh, he pops up back in Genesis chapter 14. Um, so that is before the law was given to Moses. And then it's also after God called Abraham, if you know, in Genesis chapter 12. But what we see is uh, Melchizedek is greater than Abraham and those Levitical priests. Let's have a look. Uh, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1 to 3. So the author here is describing Genesis 14. Uh, This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. All right, this is Melchizedek. Uh, he's king of Salem, which probably means king of Jerusalem. Uh, he is priest of God Most High. He is king of righteousness and peace. Uh, and, and what's interesting is that everyone in Genesis has a genealogy, you know, this person begat that person, you know, and on and on and on, and then they died. Uh, but with Melchizedek, he doesn't have that. Uh, he has no beginning. Uh, and he has no end. He has no death. Uh, as he appears in Scripture, he's like a son of God. Uh, he is a priest forever because he comes and goes uh, without those things. And we see here, the author wants us to see he's greater than Abraham. Like for two reasons. Uh, because Abraham gave him a tithe or a tenth of everything that he had just won in this battle. He gave that to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek blessed him. So we see there in verse 7, it's without doubt the lesser is blessed by the greater. And so Melchizedek uh, is the greater because he blessed Abraham. So that is Melchizedek uh, before the law. Uh, And the next time that we read about him in Scripture is after the law in Psalm 110. Uh, So here David is, you know, in Psalm 110, he's speaking through the Holy Spirit the words of God. Uh, And what he does is he looks back to Genesis 14, uh, but he also looks forward uh, to the new priest that will come in the order of Melchizedek. And so he says in Psalm 110, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So this is what the author of the Hebrews is picking up. He's picking up Genesis 14, Melchizedek, and he's picking up Psalm 110, the promise of God through David, And he wants us to see that Jesus is the promised high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And that Melchizedek's greatness is really pointing us uh, to the greatness of Christ and the the superiority of his priesthood. So we come to the second part here, which is looking at uh, the better priesthood of Christ. So verses 13 to 28. And what we see here is the author is showing us this in four ways. Four comparisons for us to have a look at. Uh, So the first one is this. Jesus is a priest not by regulation, but by resurrection. So to be a priest under the Old Testament law, you had to be born a priest. Like imagine if to be a doctor, you had to be the son of a doctor. Or to be a vet, you had to be the son of a vet. Or to be a priest, you had to be the son of a priest from the tribe of Levi. Uh, but Jesus was not from that tribe. He was from the tribe of Judah. And so he, he couldn't be a priest by birth. Uh, he had to find another way. 
Right? And he was a priest in the order of Melchizedek. He was like Melchizedek, uh, not a priest by birth, but a priest by right, right, by the power and perfection of his life. So we see that in verse 16 of chapter 7. Uh, Jesus is one who has become a priest, not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. And so this is talking about Jesus, his perfect life, uh, his, his death and his resurrection. Uh, Jesus coming as the Son of God and his going in power in his resurrection uh, has earned him the right to be called priest forever. So that's the first thing. Uh, second thing then is uh, his, Jesus is not a priest without an oath, but with an oath. Now, an oath is just a, a guaranteed promise. Um, and so we read in verse 20 and 21, uh, others became priests without any oath, but he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind, you are a priest forever. Right, so God, he never promised the Levitical priesthood would, would last forever, uh, but he, he promised that, that this priesthood would, that Jesus would. In Psalm 110, that was the promise, uh, that the, the priesthood that came in the order of Melchizedek would be forever. Now, it's good to have an oath for these things, uh, to be guaranteed. Um, I like to, I thought about this when, you know, my wife asked me to move pot plants in the house, right? And these are, these are heavy things, right? It is effort for me. So I'm like, if I'm going to move these, we need to be sure, okay? We need to be sure they're not going to be moved again, right? So just give me your word, okay? Sorry, Sam. But when God wanted to make clear that this is it. There's no more changes. Uh, he did that with his oath. He gave his word. Uh, this, this is it. Jesus is priest forever. Okay, number three. Uh, Jesus is not a temporary priest, but a permanent one. So this one follows on from the last one. Hebrews seven twenty three to 24. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Now, sometimes I go into the, the Panthers Academy uh, where they do training and stuff, and there's a receptionist there. And so as I'm walking in, I'm always thinking, oh, what's the receptionist's name? So I can say hello and you know, be a, a friendly person. And I walk in there, and it's always a new receptionist, every time nearly. And so I'm like, oh, what's your name? Hi, nice to meet you. So trying to remember their names is just is never-ending. But it's not like that with Jesus. Right? When you come to God, Jesus is always in the office. Okay, you don't need to remember a lot of different names, right? just one name. Uh, Jesus is the only name you need to remember because he has a permanent priesthood. And number four, uh, Jesus is not a sinful priest, but a sinless one. So verse 27 Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. Um, now, uh, every, I'm talking about you know, superheroes. Every superhero has a weakness, right? Uh, Superman has kryptonite. Um, Spider-Man 
He runs out of web. What can he do? Um, Aquaman, he needs water. And the priests, the old priests, their weakness was their sin. Okay, but Jesus had no sin. So Jesus had no weakness, which meant that unlike other priests, he was able to sacrifice himself, to offer himself uh, for the sins of people once and for all. Right, that is next week's sermon. We're going to hear heaps more about that, which is going to be great. Uh, but now, as we look at these points, can you see how much better the priesthood of Christ is than the old Levitical priesthood? Uh, it's pretty clear. Where the old priesthood failed to build that bridge to God, uh, Jesus built a bridge by his own blood that can never be destroyed. And then verse 28 gives us this great summary Uh, of why Jesus is better. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath, talking about Psalm 110, the promise of God, which came after the law, appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. All right, so what does this mean for, for them, the Hebrews reading this, and for us as followers of Jesus? Well, there's a, there's an implication attached to each one of these things that I skipped over I just want to see them. I want us to see them all together, and just feel the weight of that. And so, uh, through the power of Jesus' resurrection, so the first one, uh, Hebrews seven nineteen says, a better hope is introduced, by which we draw near to God. So we can be confident of drawing near to God in perfect relationship with Him, because Jesus has opened up that way for us, uh, and He lives. Then Hebrews seven twenty two. Uh, Because of the promise of God, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. So our relationship with God is guaranteed through Jesus. Uh, Because he's given his word. He's given his guarantee in Jesus. This is never going to change. It's unbreakable. Okay, then Hebrews 7.25. Because Jesus' priesthood is permanent, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. So we can be confident that God is for us and he is always working for our good because Jesus is there forever, praying for us, interceding for us, giving us everything that we need. There's a really good chapter in Gentle and Lowly, that book we've been promoting, that talks about that. I encourage you to read that and go deeper in that great truth. And then finally, Hebrews 7.26 Because Jesus, our high priest, has no sin, such a high priest truly meets our need. Our need uh, for a relationship with God uh, has been met. Our sins are taken away. Uh, We are counted righteous in Christ and right with God forever. Uh, Jesus meets that need as our high priest. And so he is a a better hope, a better covenant, a better saviour, a better sacrifice. And if you believe in him, he is he's your high priest. Right? He, he saves you. Uh, he, he lives for you. He serves you. And he will serve you forever. Right? He is all you need. And so since we have such a great high priest, uh, let us let go of every other hope and every other confidence before God and hold firmly to Jesus alone. 
as we think about those other hopes and confidences you might have, uh, compare them to Jesus. No good works can make you worthy of God's love. Right? No experience can compare to knowing the love of God through Jesus Christ. Right? No person, no matter how godly they are, uh, can sustain your faith through sin and suffering like Jesus can. And no reason is ever going to justify you before God. Only Jesus, the perfect Son of God, our great High Priest, only he can do that. So get to know him. Uh, get to know Jesus and hold firmly to him. Right, this, is, this really is the solid food um, that, that the author of Hebrews wants us to, to know and to eat and digest. Um, and look, at eating solid food takes time, right? You've got to sit down and get your knife and fork and, and chop it up and chew it. Um, it's not the kind of food you can just get in the car on the way home and just eat with one hand. Uh, this, is, this is solid food uh, that nourishes us, uh, that shows us Jesus in all his glory. Uh, and knowing him uh, gives us that great confident hope as we hang on to him. And right, because it's, it's a hope not in ourselves, it's a hope outside of us in Jesus. Right, and so get to know what he's done, uh, the sacrifice of himself to bring us to God. Right, hold firmly to that. Let that be your confidence. And get to know who he is today, that he lives and is interceding for you uh, as a believer. Right, get to know that and hold firmly to it. Right, and get to know who he's going to be for you for eternity. Right, the guarantee of that hope. Get to know that and hold firmly to that in Jesus. All right, he truly is uh, this anchor, firm and secure, that we can trust. So if you, if you are holding on to Jesus through faith, right, you can have every confidence that you are right with God. Right, you can have every confidence that he will help you today and every day until you go to be with him. And you can have every confidence that your future with him is sure and certain. Right, why would you want anything else? Uh, what, you don't need anything else. Jesus is all we need. Uh, so praise God uh, that we have such a great high priest. Would you join me now? We're going to thank God and, uh, as we pray to him for our great high priest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, our great high priest. We thank you that uh, through him we can draw near to you without fear but confident of your love. And we thank you that he guarantees our relationship with you for eternity. We thank you that uh, he has met our need for the forgiveness of sins and that he continues to meet our needs every day. That he is saving us completely. That he is interceding for us. That he is helping us in the fight against sin and strengthening us to persevere in faith. Father, we thank you for the eternal hope that we have in Jesus. And so we pray that you would help us to let go of all other hopes, uh, to hold on to Jesus alone and trust in him. And we pray this in his mighty name. Amen.